Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of Sex on the Table, the podcast aimed at creating a healthy blueprint for millennial relationships. I'm your host, Moandra Johnson, and joining me today is my friend and sex therapist, Meg Formith. In this episode, we're going to explore the world of kink and more specifically, BDSM. talking about kink i'm so excited to have you on the show thanks for being here thank you so much i'm really excited this is my first podcast Ooh. okay so we're glad to break you in so everything's really (laughs) casual here um how are you doing today um hanging in there i mean we're recording this on january 8th of 2021 so it's been a pretty bleak couple of days yes it has it really has. Um, and even before we go into like the kink episode, guys, just make sure that, you know, you're unplugging from TVs and social medias and talking to your loved ones and just really like staying connected and taking care of your uh, mental health because so much is going on right now. It literally looks like we're watching like a movie we were seeing earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very important to continue to take care of yourself or at least try, you know? Yeah, as much as you can, even if it's small things. Like, <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, I'm going to eat cereal out of a cup. I'm just going to try. <laughs> but it was just, like, super fun for me. And it was just this tiny little moment of, like, ah, I get to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. But, okay, let's get into kink. So, what would your definition of kink be? Like, if someone's listening right now and they have no idea what it is, how can we break it down for them? Ooh, Gosh, I'm sure you probably get like a hundred different responses from a hundred different people. Right. Um, But what I would say in like the most basic form is just like people, practices and communities that like they move beyond that kind of traditional idea of sex um, and they explore the edges of eroticism rather than that kind of vanilla missionary man and wife but in marriage kind of um prototype that we have created in the united states okay i think that's a really good definition and i heard you say vanilla so let 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 them know what that is (laughs) so the way that i would describe vanilla sex would just be like no frills no thrills you know missionary position and like poor okay (laughs) (laughs) exactly um and just to give you guys like the general definition of um kink you know google search um it's just the non-conventional sexual practices concepts or fantasies um and the term derives from an idea of bend in one sexual behavior uh to contrast with another So, yeah, that is our intro to kink, guys. Um, And so, like, you know, we were talking earlier and saying kink is a very umbrella term. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, we 
I know it blew my mind when we were in school. Like, there's so many... There's layers and levels to this, y'all. Like, wow. Okay, not, I don't think... I don't know about you, Meg, but nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I totally agree with you. It's amazing. You know, I've, I've had clients come in with some fun kinks and fetishes and things that they want to get into. And, you know, I, I remember when we first started school, I was like what the hell (laughs) we all left that day in class just walking like zombies (laughs) yeah there was this like huge chart that was just like basically showing all the different kinds of things that people can get into and it was packed with information from like you know crushing fetishes or crushing like type things to um BDSM to um, wanting to eat other people. It's awesome. There's a plethora of things out here, okay? There's something for everyone, yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, but okay, so I did hear you say BDSM. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to our listeners a little bit about what that is? Um, BDSM is a pretty popular term now in our culture off of Fifty Shades of Grey, one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows, movies. Um, so yeah, like, you know, explain to them a little bit about what that is. Um, well, we can kind of get into the Fifty Shades of Grey thing. I could probably do an entire, like, two-hour-long lecture about how Fifty Shades of Grey is, <laughs> is not really the best um, ex- expression of kink and BDSM. Yeah. So kink is kind of the umbrella term. And some people are associating kink and BDSM as the same thing. However, BDSM is kind of one of those subsects of kink. It's just one of the bigger ones and the more popular ones, like you see in Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Um, BDSM is like a hodgepodge of different acronyms. Mm -hmm. So you've got the BD, which is bondage and discipline. Mm Mm-hmm. The DS, which is domination and submission. Mm-hmm. And then the SM, which is sadism and masochism. Right. And so these are all, like, these three different acronyms are subtypes mm-hmm. of um, BDSM. We just kind of use BDSM as that smaller umbrella. The big, yes. Gotcha. Right. Under the big umbrella. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, so we're talking about subsets. Like, what? Let's go over the first subset. So just DD. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go ahead. Okay, bondage and discipline is kind of self-explanatory. Like, it's the practice of tying people up, whether it be with ropes, with cuffs, um, maybe some some things called. Hang on, give me one second. I am going to. Oh, shibari. Yeah, I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bondage and discipline, the BD is bondage and discipline, and it's kind of self-explanatory, which is um, the tying of of people, so whether it be with ropes like shibari or uh, tying people up with... um, Anything, (laughs) really. (laughs) (laughs) anything you can tie someone up with it could be um, handcuffs it could be leather straps it could be um, restraint bars 
Um, and then the discipline is the kind of discipline of that bondage. And so there's a discipline to um, bo- the person being bounded and the person who is bi- binding up the individual. individual. Um, so with so with each superset, there there's roles. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say. Um, and so within this first superset, the BD, there is a role within each um, your partner. You know, your partner could be either or. Mm-hmm. So I'm like for people that are new to this, like completely vanilla new. Um, see what I did there. How do you even talk to your partner about like discovering, you know, these supersets or figuring out what they like? Or even if they don't have a partner, just personally, like, where would I start? Mm, really good question. Um, a lot of folks nowadays are, especially since we're in COVID right now and we're all social distancing, um, people are exploring it online, you know, looking at porn, looking at, um, or yeah, looking at erotic books, uh, such as Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I just aren't coming to the the top of my head, but um, that's one way to kind of explore what you may find to be um, your king. And in general, it's it's a good idea to, um, you know, take a look at different subsects of kinks, whether it's something like BDSM or... Um, adult uh, adult baby play or dom daddy little girl type of things uh, to see, you know, what you're interested in. Because there's, as we mentioned, there's a vast majority of different kinds of kinks that you can get right. into. Yeah. Um, and I would say, so that's like the kind of online thing, online aspect. There's, there's also something called Fet Life, which can be a little dicey sometimes. You can get some pretty shady characters because, you know, it's the fucking internet. Right. However, with FetLife, they do have kind of communities that you can join and you can join communities based off of where you live. So there's fe- like uh, Philadelphia kink and BDSM communities. There's also mm-hmm. Philadelphia poly communities and, um, you know, open relationship communities and you can join those communities and they have, you know, in the before times, before COVID, <laughs> they would have munches, which are called, like, which is basically a meetup. It's a non-sexual meetup. So you can get to learn and explore and become a part of the King community where you live. Okay. That's really cool. Okay. So let's get, so we did the BD. Let's get into the DS. Mm-hmm. So domination and submission, um, again, very self-explanatory. There is a dominant character in the scenes that you set. And so what a scene is, is where two or more people kind of come together and engage in BDSM behaviors mm-hmm. or kinky right. behaviors. Um, so typically in a DS, so dominant submissive relationship, there is a, a individual who plays the more dominant, the one that um, does a lot of the control, has a lot of the control. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, a submissive, so the one who is, you know, kind of 
be being inflicted on, whether it be spanking or um, verbal play, who is getting the the action taken upon them, kind of like the be, uh, the the bondage and discipline side. Right. However, um, with like domination and submission, and just really in BDSM in general, um, the 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 play that you have with the the domination and submission or you know the person who's giving the sexual or non-sexual activity versus the person who's receiving it there is always a connection of and of what can and cannot be done mm-hmm. okay so there's always boundaries boundaries are good people we like boundaries boundaries are healthy. <laughs> exactly so if I were to be playing a scene with you, Mo, and like you're my submissive, um, and we were talking about doing some sort of spanking play, we would talk about it beforehand. You tell me, you know, the hand is okay, um, but I don't want any whip. I don't want any sort of spanking paddle, but I could use some feathering and maybe some other tools if you were to bring them in. Gotcha. Okay. So, so with- we would be exactly and so within that you know parameter that the submissive actually creates and like the submissive actually has the most amount of power which i find super cool like they're the ones that are like get you know like things are happening to them but they're the but they're also creating the boundaries of the situation the the dominant is working within right um yeah isn't it fun i just love it (laughs) when I'm thinking what about the person that's like listening and they've always been interested in you know like maybe kink or BDSM but they you know they think like it's weird or um it's been stigmatized so they're afraid to try it what would you like say to them or have you had any clients that have experienced that yeah definitely there's there is um there's a line there you know when it comes to like being a therapist which is recognizing that people, you know, my job is not to push them into it. Right. My job is to help them explore whether or not they would like to go into it. And so what I would do with this person is, and maybe this person can kind of ask themselves, like, what is it about, you know, kink and BDSM that you don't like? Who told you that these things were weird? Big question. Yeah, because, you know, not this stuff isn't for everybody, which is okay. It's totally fine. And, and this is where, you know, I come into play as a therapist, you know, especially with couples. You know, you may have someone who really wants to explore certain kinds of kinks, and then you have someone else who's kind of afraid of that exploration, and so they really kind of shut it down, or they really just don't want to explore it. Right. And so my role is to help out with that and kind of get them to that place of communication between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we go into like the last superset, that what you just said makes me think of a couple that I had where actually like one was very much more conservative than the other. Um, and one partner wanted to start exploring kink and was actually on FetLife. Um, but they were kind of shamed and... Um, shut down very quickly um so how would someone in a relationship matter what would you tell that couple yeah i think 
That's a really good question. Um, and one of the things that I would, I would like to explore with the two of them, which I wonder if they've ever explored it themselves is like, what is their relationship with sex? Mm-hmm. You know, going back as, you know, kind of doing one of those sexual genograms and going back into how are you taught about sex? What's your relationship with sex? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ta- been taught about pleasure? Because sometimes some folks aren't taught about pleasure and they don't see sex as a pleasurable thing or as an exploratory thing. Right. And so kind of helping that person get through some of those stigmatized, um, really deep rooted stigmatized pro- like thoughts about yeah. Yeah. these kind of things. Um, yeah. But also, you know, on the other side, if someone is, you know, really wanting to explore a kink that they, you know, want to explore and the other partner is not willing to do it, there is, you know, that boundary there. Right. And so it's this weird kind of like, you got to play both hands. Yes, 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 <laughs> exactly. Well, if you guys are experiencing this right now, good luck. Um, DM us. Mm-hmm. If you're in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, hit Meg up at the Center for Growth. Okay, we're going to help you through it because that is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, right along, let's get into SN- SM Superset. Yeah, yeah. So that's sadism and masochism. That's the kind of like... Um, I feel like there's a lot more stigma around the word sadism and masochism because it's really associated with like really like uh, serial killers and yeah, just to that sadism and masochism can be a disorder as well. So like um, if your sexual pleasures get to a point in which you feel like you can't control them or they start affecting things around your life, such as your friends, your families, your relationships, um, your school, your work, whatever it may be, that's where the kind of DSM di- uh, diagnosis or disorder kind of comes in. Right. But in general, sadism and masochism is just the pleasure in either inflicting pain, which is sadism, or the pleasure in receiving pain, which is masochism. Um, and so those kind of, and again, these the reason why BDSM is kind of like mashed together in this, like this, these three different acronyms is because they all kind of play along each other's. And so you can have a sadist dominant and a submissive masochist in which pain is involved in the play, such as, you know, spanking or um, there's needle play. There is sounding play. If you've ever heard of something like that. Okay. For you guys listening, you're probably like, what the hell are they talking about? Because for us, it's like, oh, yeah, need to play. Ha, ha, of course. <laughs> but, like, okay, if this is all new to you, um, I think it's best to start and start with the explanation that there is a very thin line between pain and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and because your brain is receiving, you know, it's intaking information, it's receiving both of those things, we can actually turn pain into pleasure. Haha, did you know that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a really thin line in your brain and your uh, limbic system in which you process your emotions, including pain and pleasure. Very easy to say, okay, I'm enjoying this experience. Like body, this experience is great. Um, and we also talked about those boundaries that you set up within a scene, right? 
So we're not talking about somebody inflicting extreme pain on you and you telling your body, like, this is good. Um, you've already consented, like, you guys have set the boundaries and um, they know the, like, the levels and the safe words and stuff, so. Yeah, the brain is absolutely amazing. And yes, you're 100% right. With these kind of, with the more pain-specific uh, kinks, you really, really, I, I mean, I wouldn't suggest a newbie to do something like that. Yeah. Because you have to be able to have, A, a very good connection. I'm talking like a few months to a few years to a few decades of a relationship with your sadist or with the person who's inflicting pain on you. Right. Um, in order to have that kind of comfort and level of um, release that you give to this person. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that, and that makes sense because if you're if you're heightened or you're uncomfortable or you may, you're wary of something, like you can't fully relax to enjoy whatever is going on during the scene. Right. And then what happens when you're not relaxed? Your heart rate increases. Which what else happens? Your blood <laughs> flow increases. <laughs> there's a lot more, especially if you're doing like knife play or needle play. Um, you know, there's a lot more at risk, you know, with yeah. the with the more pain presenting um kinks, there's a lot more risk to it. Yeah. Okay, so, so we're talking yeah, about risk and um Let's just get right into consent. And we talked a little bit about how, um, you know, maybe setting up this type of arrangement with your partner may go. Um, but let's talk about, let's go all the way back to the beginning and talk about like rack and the first parts of. Yeah, yeah. So with kink, you know, one of the kind of synonyms of kink in my mind is consent. Okay. Um, so in order to be a kinky person, you have to be able to have a very deep understanding of consent. And I'm not just talking about like, is she saying yes? You know, right. Does she look like she wants it? I'm talking like constantly checking in with one another. What does consent actually mean? What does it mean to go outside of consent? How can you recover from consent? And so there's a lot of communities that really focus in on consent. And so if you really want to get started with kink, you want to start with what consent actually means. Yeah. And there's two, like I said, there's two um, acronyms. One's called RAC and the other one is called SSC. So SSC is kind of the former version of RAC. It's, it's a safe, sane, and consensual. Um, so you want to make sure that you're safe you want to make sure that you're in a good state of mind and you want to make sure that you're dealing with consent. Mm -hmm. um, that has kind of developed over the years. And now the, the most, you know, kind of common acronym is called RAC, which is risk aware consensual kink. Um, and that is really important with that, like that tiny little caveat of risk aware. So you want to be able to know what the risks are in your kink. So if you're doing knife play, you could kill somebody. Right. Period. You know? <laughs> period. Okay. There is a risk for that. So you have yeah. to be very aware of that. Um, but if you're doing something like um, uh, spanking, the risks are, you know, ver they vary. If you're just using your hand, you probably might get a red mark, maybe a little bruise if you're a little anemic. 
Um, but if you're using a paddle or a whip um, or a flogger, you might get some breaking of the skin. You know, you right. might get some deep bruising and internal bruising as well. So you have to be aware of those um, risks as well. Yeah, that's important. Um, and guys, please be careful mm-hmm. out here. Careful, consensual, safe. That's all a part of kink. Like it's a great thing to get into and explore. But like Meg said, being very careful is the most important. Well, um, my favorite part of kink is aftercare. Like mm-hmm. I, the entire communication of being a part of the commu- the kink community is amazing. Um, but I like how we would set boundaries before um, contracts, then get into a scene. And then within the boundaries that we set in the contract, we would discuss how we want to take care of each other at the end. So that's really dope to me. I like that part. (laughs) (laughs) So can you give us a little bit more about like the aftercare steps and how that really goes? I kind of gave it a little, a brief breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that you, you actually described it quite perfectly. It's, it's, you know, you go into a scene uh, with your partner, you you have your conversation with your partner, you have your discussion about what you can do, can't do, um, how you want to check in with one another during the scene. And it takes a lot of energy to do both of those things. And so aftercare is kind of that care to, to not only, you know, calm and help that, that person get back to normal functioning but it's also this really beautiful moment of connection between these two people mm-hmm. you know every the well two or more to be honest um in which you know although no matter what your kink is whatever has happened in there there is still love and connection um and intimacy Um, And it's a really powerful emotional and physical moment between people. But aftercare can look like anything too, you know, it can be cuddling, it can be feeding, it can be making sure that you give that person water, but it also can be time away from one another. Right. Yeah. Thank you for going into that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? So you mean you just about to tie me up, do all this, and then we agree to go away? Okay. Yeah, and then you just walk away from that shit. No way. This is an experience. There's right. there's something called a subspace. I don't know. Have you like and what it is is like a submissive person is so, you know, involved in the scene that you're creating in which and you go into this trance like euphoria. Yes, that was my second favorite part. Go ahead, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so subspace. Right, like what it happens, okay? <laughs> it's this really beautiful moment for submissives to, you know, be so taken care of, to be so um, submissive to their partner or partners that they go into this trance-like euphoria um in which they are there is a separation between them and reality almost everybody describes their subspace very differently um when i've gone into a subspace um it's that it's to me it's it was reminiscent of the feeling of like right before when you go to bed and you just feel so relaxed Mm -hmm. just like 
comparison to an orgasm? Like, you know, or what is the difference? You know, you kind of like you're in a euphoric 10 second moment. Oh, that's a good freaking question. Oh my God. Um, I would say so it's I got like, you guys out there with all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, again, it's different for everybody. Um, and, you know, I, I, I haven't had a lot of experiences talking about subspaces with clients. Um, so I'm a little, you know, kind of sheltered from what other folks have talked about when it comes to subspace. Um, but for some people, yeah, it may be an orgasmic place in which, you know, they have this kind of mental stimulation or physical stimulation um, of like their vulva or clitoris or any sort of like, um, or their penis or, you know, any variation of that. Um, but it also could be like a mind orgasm too. Ooh. I don't yeah. think we ever talked about those on the show. We might have. Okay. Well, get into the types of kink. There's there's so many. Ooh, okay. Let's let's jump around a little bit. Throw a few out there. I'll throw a few out there. Let's see. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go with M because both of our names start with M. Okay. Okay. <laughs> M is for masochism, so we already went through that. So leather play. Okay. Ooh, electrostimulation. Mm, what's that? Um, and that involves using power of electricity, <laughs> getting an electricity shock for kink, sex, fun, whatever. Mm, those are fun. You know, that reminds me. One time I put my finger in the socket. What? Like, <laughs> when I was like five. And that was not fun, okay? And it was just a jolt of energy. So, you know, shout out to you guys. <laughs> oh my God, Mo. He turned green, man, okay? I'll never forget that. That was five-year-old Mo. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not the same as that. <laughs> okay. See how my mind connects things, right? <laughs> oh, but you know, but that's like actually a really good point though, which is like sometimes people kind of you know, develop, like, kinks and fetishes based off of shit that happened to them there and they were kids. Right, right. That is very true. Yep, that's true. And there's nothing wrong with it. So I don't know, Mo, maybe you might want to try some uh, some electromagnetism. Mm, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, I will then go for, um, let's see. Ooh, uh, this one's really interesting. I've actually had a couple of cases about this. Uh, cuckolding. Okay, what is that? It's one person in the couple sleeping with another person outside of the relationship. And that typically, I'm going to go from a heterosexual perspective just to uh, kind of describe it. So like, you know, if it's a heterosexual couple, the woman would sleep with another man or woman outside of the relationship, and then the man would be turned on by the woman sleeping with someone else. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's one called voyeurism. Mm-hmm. That would be the opposite of cuckolding. Yeah. Uh, you could be a voyeuristic cuckolder. Okay. Okay. So now we're mashing kinks okay. together. You guys, I know you're like, slow down. We're combining things now, okay? So to define, <laughs> please. 
the define like defining voyeurism is basically like you gain pleasure by watching other people or watching like other people engage in sex or like non-sexual activities um and so a voyeuristic cuckold is a like going back to the kind of heterosexual example the man enjoying watching his wife being like fucked by another man gotcha okay and there's like variations of that too so like does the man want to be in the room maybe they do a videotape of it you know, and then he gets to see it, or maybe he's sitting like outside of the room and he can only hear it. Oh, okay. So there's levels to this too. Right, right. Everybody, like every, everybody has their own kind of like ways of exploring their kinks, which I think is super fun. Yeah. Um, and my favorite part about doing kink work with clients is, you know helping them find what that detailed space is Mm. helping them explore some different like fantasies they have and how they would enact that that's good stuff yeah but i i will i will say i agree with you like they're like you don't have to be accepting of everybody's excuse me you don't have to be understanding of everybody's kink but it's good to be like accepting of it like this is your thing Mine, my biggest thing at that SARS was the spitting. You're um, wondering what the hell is spit play. (laughs) So basically you're spitting on each other. And like, I don't know if you guys saw Flavor of Love, but when I literally saw. (gasps) Oh, yeah. I mean, I, what what was her name? New York. That, that moment in life (laughs) replayed in my head 12 times. Like it's a, it's under the umbrella of like water sports. So any sort of like, um liquid or fluid that is involved with the body um like spit play is one of those things and it's it's basically that like spitting on one another this is where i get grossed out spitting into one another's mouth like any sort of like play that you could even think of when it comes to spit that's that um do you want to do another uh, one more yeah yeah here's a really interesting one um that's kind of it's not like it doesn't address like deal with a particular item or um, anything of that. It's called edge play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so edge pay play is a kink in which it, it it's different for everybody, but the general idea is that you bring people to the cusp of orgasm, mm-hmm. and then they are either not allowed to orgasm so they're told do not orgasm so they have to hold it at that place or once they're on the brink of orgasm whatever is you know stimulating them they release it and so you're coming to the edge of orgasm um and you can do this that's like if your vibrator dies on you like stop What I understand what you're saying, but what what is exactly the pleasure in that? Is it the coming to the edge of your orgasm that provides that person pleasure? Um, you know, again, it's it's different for everybody. Um, perhaps you know that kind of withholding of an orgasm can be, it in 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 its own right, it is a kind of like sadistic thing to do is to bring Mm. someone so close to like the ultimate pleasure and then release it from them so 
Um, uh, but also the person who is, you know, giving the edge play to what their partner or partners, they might also find satisfaction out of it as well. Right. Um, but there are so many ways why people might like edge play. Um, perhaps, you know, there's orgasmic issues within an individual. And so if they were to orgasm, um, there's a lot of pain that might be involved in it for any, you know, kind of reason, whether it be psychological, physical, or, you know, medical. Um, and so perhaps edge play is the only thing that they can do. Right. Right. Lastly, like, how do you, how, how could you get involved in this or like, you know, either by yourself or uh, with a partner? How do, where do you start? Yeah, good question. Um, I think that <clears throat> one of the things that you can do is if you're if you're an individual who wants to get into the kink and BDSM world, um, definitely you know go online, watch ethical porn that and and kind of discover what what turns you on or what fascinates you or what what do you find pleasure in. Uh, and then exploring that a little bit more, creating your own kind of fantasies and, um, um, you know, to, to kind of work on that, at least on an individual case. I mean, recognizing that we are in COVID right now, um, meeting people can be really difficult or almost impossible. And so, we are kind of going more online. And so, you know, FetLife is a place that you can go to. Um, it's a place that I would take a lot of caution and care. Um, but, you know, once you go into those kind of communities, uh, you can, you know, work with people um, and, you know, explore, find events or from around where you live or um, work with other people who may have similar fetishes to you and ask them how to to kind of get into it um, another way is is once you know we are able to have social gatherings going to you know your kind of local ethical sex shop um and seeing if they have any sort of meetups or um classes and then the last thing is again once we get out of covid um, <laughs> Uh, going to conventions. Yeah, great way to meet people. This was a really great episode. Thank you so 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 much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Is there anything that you can think of off the top of your mind that we may not have covered or uh, that just may be interesting to share with our listeners? Yeah, I will say one thing, um, which is. If you want to explore with your partner, having a sit-down conversation with them is extremely important. Mm -hmm. um, I actually wrote a um, will do, won't do, might do uh, list about how you can kind of get started on, um, you know, introducing kink into your life. And so it's called Getting Kinky, a will do, won't do, might do exercise. Ooh, we have to get that on the website. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I'll send right. that to you. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. There we go. We got it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing I'll kind of say is that, like, 
some of the things that you're already doing is kinky. You know, if you like to, you know, have someone's hand around your throat, that's not like, you know, um, you know, choking you particularly, or if you like being blindfolded or being tied up, congratulations, you're a part of the kink community. <laughs> you're not vanilla, okay? <laughs> we love to have you. Um, okay. We have tea and cookies inside. And thank you so much for sharing with us. This has been amazing. Um, I'm excited about our more serious episode to come. Um, but this was definitely fun. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always comment on our video, um, DM us on Sex on the Table. And then if you would like to get in contact with Meg, she's at the Center for Growth in Philadelphia. So um, check her out. And thanks, Meg. Thank you so much, Mo. It's so excited to be on here and I can't wait to come back. Next episode, we're going to continue to create a blueprint for healthy millennial relationships. Thank you for listening to us and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore sex on the table.